Hi everyone, this is Thomas. This is the 15th episode of Signals. I wanna begin by recapping a note we sent to everyone on the Point Focal mailing list. Our mailing list is a different population than those who subscribe to Focus Signals. So I want to share with you how I'm framing this Substack Focus Signal to the rest of the world. The title of the note we sent is Walking Towards Uncertainty. And I would like to read to you the communication that was delivered to Point Focal's mailing list. Building Point Focal has almost been my greatest learning experience. When I walked out of one Lincoln Street in the summer of 2017, I left 22 years of career history behind. If equity trading and financial technology teach us anything, they teach us to become comfortable with uncertainty. The best way to learn to trade equities is to trade equities. Trading strategies can be learned, but to understand trading psychology, one must trade. For the same reason, the best way to learn how to build a portfolio analytics business is to build one. Building Point Focal has changed me personally and professionally. Its impact has touched my family, friends, professional colleagues, and all the beauty in between. Writing about Building Point Focal is becoming a greater learning experience than Building Point Focal. I am publishing what I am learning in Focus Signal, a Substack newsletter. It is not for everyone, but you may appreciate it. Readers and listeners are learning about financial technology, portfolio analytics, and building a business. Some have even been entertained by what is ultimately a reflection on what it means to walk towards uncertainty. Understanding this walk might entertain you too. In the end, we're all walking together. So I wanted to share that with you because it captures the way I'm thinking about this medium of communication through focus signal. It really is a great learning experience for me. And if in some small way, some of that learning can be shared with you, then focus signal will be a success. Any entertainment value is merely a bonus. So that is the walk towards uncertainty. I would like to also quickly recap the most recent long form piece of content I published on focus signal. The post is entitled, when 10% is bigger than one. I warned you that it was coming on the last Signals podcast. The piece for me really does synthesize podcasting, what we're doing here with Signals, music production, something that is near and dear to my heart, and this notion of going from zero to one and from one to 1.1 as a business. And importantly, the difference between zero to one and one to 1.1, what makes those two journeys very different. So I'd like to just briefly share with you an excerpt from that piece. And thank you so much if you've already read it, but I believe the introduction sets up an important framework of why the transition from one to 1.1 is so important for a business like Point Focal. Okay, here we go. This is from when 10% is bigger than one. Rick starts with something he did not know. I didn't know this was a job. Maybe the greatest work-life balance statement ever. Building Point Focal is not what I set out to do with my life. It is where my path of learnings and experiences took me. It is not a job I could have envisioned earlier in life, and it is not something that feels like a job. If you do something that does not feel like a job, you are among the lucky. And if what you used to do felt like a job, you likely possess great appreciation for your luck. Rick and Lex share a profound appreciation for being able to do what they want to do. It is a state worth understanding, identifying, and pursuing. Creativity takes many forms. Rick transforms sonic space and time to enrich songs. Lex transforms language to enrich understanding. Point Focal transforms words and numbers to enrich decisions. In the end, it's all art. 
Okay, Rick, by the way, in that passage is Rick Rubin, one of the greatest music producers of all time, and Lex is not my son, but rather Lex Friedman, who hosts one of the most popular podcasts today. In the piece, I go on to explore the parallels between Rick Rubin's music production process, where he'll take a completed album and enhance it in some significant way to make it something better, and how that is very similar to the product development process where you have a product that needs to be made better. In the piece, there is a visual image of a classic time series chart, and on it, the x-axis is time, the y-axis is value. And the distance in time on the x-axis from zero to one, left to right, is quite long. And it connects with a point on the y-axis that reflects the value generated from creating a business. Now, what becomes really interesting is the change in the slope of the curve. When you go from one to 1.1 on the y-axis, reflecting a product improvement, it takes time, distance on the x-axis, but it does not take as much time as going from zero to one. However, the amount of scale and leverage and momentum that gets created in that one to 1.1 space on the y-axis can be explosive for a business. So the production curve turns up, because the 1.1 plot on the chart is shorter in time distance and longer in value distance, right? Shorter on the X, longer on the Y, moving the slope upwards and to the right. And it is that pocket of growth that this post explores through the story of music production, podcasting, and of course, financial technology. If you haven't read the post, please check it out on Focus Signal. Okay, lastly, I want to take a moment to discuss a recent paper published by NASDAQ entitled, A Portfolio Manager's View on Data Infrastructure Challenges. Maybe not the most exciting title, but it is direct. I suppose we're talking about NASDAQ here, and it was written with Wakefield Research. The paper explores the pain that portfolio managers and investment managers experience as they try to deploy and use data infrastructure and analytics to produce insight. An extremely relevant topic to Point Focal and a few stats really jumped out at me. Firstly, 60% of fundamental managers lack the ability to quickly onboard new data. Speed is incredibly important when trying to create an edge with data and analytics. Time, of course, is our most valuable resource and more than half of fundamental PMs do not have it. They lack the ability to quickly onboard new data. Okay, second stat, 64% of portfolio managers dissatisfied with their data capabilities do not outsource. Okay, let's unpack this statistic. It's worded in a kind of a challenging way, but nearly two thirds of PMs who are dissatisfied. Okay, so if you take the entire world of satisfied and dissatisfied PMs, and NASDAQ doesn't say how large those two populations are. Maybe if you've spent a lot of time with PMs, you can, reach your own conclusion on what percent of them are happy or unhappy, satisfied and dissatisfied. But if we just take the population of dissatisfied PMs, nearly two thirds of them do not outsource their data capabilities. This means they are both dissatisfied and trying to manage their data capabilities internally. So a firm like Point Focal may well conclude that if these dissatisfied PMs used Point Focal and moved their data capability resources from internal to external, they would move from dissatisfied to satisfied. And of course, we all want happy PMs in the world. So these two stats in the paper alone represent an enormous opportunity. 
Of course, it's an opportunity for NASDAQ seeking to explore, though I think they've taken quite a long time to integrate and rebrand Quandle into Datalink. It's also an opportunity for firms like IEX Cloud that are bringing, I think, what are more innovative platform functionalities to market through their offering, where they're starting to allow users to onboard their own data. And of course, indeed, we believe this is a massive opportunity for Point Focal, where we use a variety of upstream data partners, including IEX Cloud, to address these two statistics that represent unhappy portfolio managers. And this proposition of outsourcing something that is not a core value proposition is a reasonable strategy. So creating data infrastructure, data operations, and useful analytics are simply not the core value propositions of most asset managers. So moving that function to an external vendor can result in speed and utility where we now have asset managers supplementing their own IP, which is generally stock selection with analytics that improve their investment process. So the paper really highlights the demand for these types of services, which I think is only going to increase over time as the volume of data continues to explode and the value that can be extracted from applying insights to investment management processes is also going to continue to grow, especially in a world where every basis point matters. Okay, that's it for this episode. It's a quick one. We have recapped the walk towards uncertainty. We've explored the business and product growth of moving from zero to one and through 1.1. And we have covered portfolio manager happiness seen through the lens of data infrastructure and what that means to firms in the fintech data and analytics space. I hope this was somewhat educational and somewhat entertaining. And I thank you so much for joining. Looking forward to chatting with you next time. Cheers.